Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Tonight, we're debating whether or not Islam is oppressive to women, and we are starting right now with Stardust and Mark's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us. Stardust, the floor is all yours. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, So the question for tonight is, does Islam oppress women? Yes, it does. When I argue that Islam oppresses women, I think it's important to note that I don't reserve this criticism for Islam alone. Almost all religions oppress women uh, and put them in a secondary status to their male counterparts. Many Muslims will point to the ways in history where Muslims gave more rights to women than other religions and uh, when it came to the ownership of land and other rights, et cetera. My argument against this is that the world has changed, and even with that in mind, the standards of the past are what they are and are still inadequate in today's world. For today's debate, we can look at specific passages from the Quran that enforce the inequality of men and women. For example, the Quran in Surah 2.223 says, Your women are your fields, so go into your fields whichever way you like. Uh, Islamic scholar Syed Abdul Madadi said the following of the verse. Allah has not created women merely for the enjoyment and entertainment of men. The relation between the two is as serious an affair as that of a farmer in his field. The farmer does not go into his field merely for recreation and enjoyment, but for cultivation to get produce from it. In the same way, a man should go into his wife to produce children. Um, uh, so basically, what I read from that is that a husband is um, uh, entitled and uh, and uh, given a duty to be intimate with his wife um, in the way that a farmer with their field. There's also the Quran in Surah 2, 228, that says, wives have the same rights as the husbands have on them in accordance with the generally known principles. Of course, men are a degree above them in status. Uh, there's also Surah 434 that says men are the managers of the affairs of women because Allah has made the one superior to the other. Um, there's also the issue of men getting double a share of an inheritance over that of females. Um, in Surah 411, um, there's uh, the fact that a woman's testimony is worth half of a man's testimony in Surah 2282. A wife may remarry her ex-husband if and only if she marries another man, they have sex, and then the second man divorces her. Um, and that seems like a, uh, I, I can't seem to understand why uh, that is um, a requirement. Uh, Regarding prisoners of war and slave, the Quran in in Surah 424 says, Forbidden to you are wedded wives of other people, except those who have fallen in your hands as prisoners of war. Uh, And um, this shows that Muslim men were allowed to have sex with their wives, of course, and slaves that were women. Um, There's obviously polygamy, which is allowed for men uh, um, in uh, the Quran. And 
Uh, men are allowed to have multiple wives, even wives from other different religions. Are women afforded the same privilege? No, women can only marry other Muslim men. Um, husband may hit his wife if she fears she is disobedient or high-handed. Uh, so this is in 434. If you fear high-handedness from your wives, remind them, uh, then ignore them when you go to bed, then hit them. If they obey you, you have no right to act against them. God is most high and great. Um, there uh, is a, another translation that says beat them with lightly in parentheses. Um, I, I would still say that you know, the uh, use of physical violence uh, is still um, uh, something that I would disagree with. Um, who are men allowed to marry and consummate marriage with? Uh, the Quran in Surah 65.1 uh, says, uh, um, O prophet, when you and the believers divorce women, divorce them for their prescribed waiting period and count the waiting period accurately. And if you're in doubt about those of your women who have despaired of menstruation, you should know that their waiting period is three months. And the same applies to those who have not menstruated as yet. Uh, the, this says that men are allowed to divorce women who have not had their periods yet, which implies they may marry and consummate with women who have had not their period, who have had not their periods yet. Um, so that's worrisome to me. Um, these are just a few um, ways, uh, a few um, places within the Quran that I, I find things problematic, um, and I'll pass it over to my partner. Thank you very much, Stardust. Um, I, I do admit I, uh, this was sort of short notice, and I did come across the same things in the, the Quran that, that Stardust did. Um, give me one second, and I'm just going to put it up on the screen so we can see what it is that we're talking about. Um, Sorry, James, just one second. No problem. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so quickly, we'll just go through. Um, first off, I, I do want to give a sort of definition of oppression. So what, what are we actually talking about when we're talking about depression? Oppression is basically the devaluation of a segment of the population, in this case, the female population, in comparison to men in order to deprive them of privileges and therefore power within a society. As a system, Islam performs this devaluation because of its holy book, the Quran, which is Sharia law is based upon. Uh, off. But the systems that the that interprets the Quran and issues um, fake or precise Judas prudence, uh, prudence in particular is also um, not amenable to uh, women in the power structure and they're critically unrepresented. Um, since the Quran is the opposite, uh, sort of the, the wide scope of uh, Sharia, let's look at some of the surahs um, in value. And, and I, I do admit that Stardust did go through a few of these, but I want to I want to discuss them sort of in depth. So this is where they do say, as Stardust mentioned, men are a degree above women. Now, I want to point out that it doesn't say to how much a degree. Um, it says they have rights similar, but this does in no way makes clear whether they're a, a, a small degree or a very large degree over women. Um, uh, this is uh, in fiscal matters, uh, the worth of a woman's uh, testimony or witnessing is half of that as the man. Um, remember that half part, it does come in back in later. But uh, uh, to sort of leap off what Stardust is, is saying, notice that it doesn't say 
if two men not be at hand, then two women will do, or three women, or four women, or a hundred women. A man has to be involved somewhere, and that is a power inequality that takes the right of women to, to solidify and be witnesses by themselves. Um, and this is the polygamy one where you can marry three, two or three or four um, um, women. Uh, do note that that it does say um, you can marry the captives your right hands possess. So your right hand is your weapon hand. It's the uh, captives you have won by the sword. Um, and basically, um, you can marry them if you do want to. And do keep that in mind as well. We'll get back to that later. Um, this is uh, the inheritance. Um, this ba basically says that the women will be given only half that of any um, son. The daughter will only be given half of that of any son. Um, this creates financial inequality as most of the wealthy will be passed down to the sons instead of the daughters. It, it may seem innocuous that, oh, that's, you know, sort of it, they're giving them something, but it does it's a clear indication that women are devalued within within Islam. Um, let's touch back on that that uh, your right hand. Um, so this is um, you're forbidden to marry all women, all married women. So what this basically says is that you don't touch a married woman unless you have um, one of your enemy's wives, and then you can ignore their marriage. You can basically say, hey, that marriage doesn't matter. Um, you can ign just ignore the marital status, even if that person is still alive, um, if it is a result of war. Uh, this clearly states um, men are in charge of women, um, and it also admonishes women to be obedient. This is where the power dynamic the, the Quran clearly states for women to be obedient to the men and admonishes them. And uh, Stardust touched upon the whole uh, beating thing. Now, even, even if this beating, and it's usually not, but even if this beating is even ceremonial, the, the simple act of being able to physically admonish your, your wife or your partner or, or, or a woman just shows the power dynamic inherent within this religion. Um, it shows that as a man, you can beat a woman. As a woman, you cannot admonish or beat a man. And uh, we we touched on this as well. Um, this is particularly nasty. Uh, basically, um, those who have not menstruated, you can divorce them. It, it clearly says that, you know, the men can marry a, a girl who has not menstruated, i.e. one that has not reached puberty. So, you know, this is a particularly nasty system here um this is probably the origin of the whole idea of um where uh, the veil and, and um sort of covering up comes from there's a there's a concept of nakedness and then it calls for women to cover themselves um it claims that this is for the um sort of respect of women however it's clearly a power imbalance and and men aren't required to cover themselves as women are and um, it, only in the most progressive societies, uh, women are allowed to lead prayer in Islam. Um, the, the, um, this is basically uh, just uh, for a bonus. I thought I'd add the hadith where where wearing the veil comes from. Um, while not part of the Quran, obviously, um, it, it is uh, from from the hadith. Um, and now 
how are these interpreted? Um, so the way that these are interpreted with Shia, it's basically the imama that um, decides how this is interpreted and they're supposed to be um, Islamic prophets that have uh, successes of male descendants. And this is how they preclude women from participating in the interpretation of the, the Quran and the Hadith. Um, so that's within Shia. In Sunni, it lies with the ulama, which is sort of the, the wise and knowledgeable people in the, in the community. Um, but the problem is that women are often very restricted from participation. There's severe underrepresentation um, within most communities. Um, so men generally will hold the power and they'll prevent women from gaining power, getting into the ulama, and, and therefore being able to make decisions by themselves. And I just, as a last thing, I do want to point out, and, and Stardust touched upon this, that none of the progressive things happening is in Islam is because of Islam itself. The, the, the problem is that um, Islam has had to be forced to... Um, basically come up to speed with secular um, law. And Sharia by itself does not adhere to women's rights, to uh, feminine rights. There is a movement, Islamic feminism, but they are generally resisted by the rest of the religion, have had to fight tooth and nail to get there. So it is not Islam that is, is um, becoming up to date by itself. It is only because they have been forced to, um, which means that the religion itself is not progressive. Thank you. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening, Mark. We are going to kick it into the openings from the other side as well. But before we do, kick it over to Muhammad and Hussein. want to say, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, I'm your host, James Coons. We are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And got to tell you, folks, we are thrilled to announce our third conference has been set for Saturday, April 22nd. You don't want to miss it, as you can see at the bottom right of your screen. DebateCon 3.1 is going to be in Fort Worth, Texas this spring, April 22nd. You don't want to miss it. Then we're going to have our second part, which is political debates, out in June. So this first one, DebateCon 3.1, is all religion debates. In fact, you might be wondering, well, what kind of topics are going to be there, James? Let me show you. We are very excited about this. This is going to be one of the bigger debates in a long time. Daniel Hakikachu and Mike Jones debating whether or not child marriage is morally acceptable. The Quran versus the Bible. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be controversial. It's going to be huge. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't, and we'll get you more details on that conference shortly as we're still finalizing the debate card. With that, thank you very much, Mohammed and Hussein. We're thrilled to have you with us. The floor is all yours. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you, James, for having me, and thank you, Modern Day Debate, for uh, hosting this. Uh, in the name of God, the merciful, the benevolent, peace and blessings to the messenger. When it comes to the idea that women are oppressed in Islam, that claim is totally baseless and is the summation of Western propaganda through their fight in influence and control. In fact, as my opponent stated, Islam liberated women, gave women the rights they deserve as females. Nothing more and nothing less. Western society saw the rights that women enjoyed in Islamic societies and pressed to earn the same rights that the Qur'an promotes. 
However, because they don't have a rigid structured system that is found in the Quran and that they are a heedless society, they decorated falsehood with the truth and began to market empowering women as women's right, which is far from the truth and they shouldn't have been intertwined. Islam's discipline and hierarchy structure, which clearly defines the roles of women, shielded our community and especially our daughters from the self-oppression due to the empowering women movement. To prove this, it's quite simple. A, from a historical point, the Ottoman Caliphate, uh, which was the last theocracy that adhered to Islamic law on a state level, was the cause of disdain for many foreign women that visited the empire. Asli Sankar, who is an American-born researcher, spent 20 years investigating the life of women in the Ottoman Empire, states that even the foreigners who disliked Muslim society and bared hostility, bared hostility, uh, hostility towards the Ottoman Empire in particular, could not but admit that Ottoman women enjoyed much more freedom and were, uh, were way more respected and loved than their European counterparts. There's a Quranic law that states that if a man gives anything to one of his wives, he is not allowed to take anything of it back, other than if the wife committed a clear immorality, like infidelity, or if she willingly and wholeheartedly gives that item back. Islamic courts upheld this value and considered the sacredness of the half of the household that's under the wife's possession. And if she was divorced or widowed, that house is her property, as the Quran states. Lucy M. Garnett, who in 1909 wrote, with regards to legal status, Turkish women already possesses the legal, personal, and proprietary rights necessary to give them a social position equal, if not superior, to that of European women generally. Point B, the Quran has a structure to not only liberate women, but also to protect them. There's a direct correlation that when you increase security and technicalities of protection, that you have to sacrifice comfort and ease. For example, if doors are non-existent and you can get up from your chair and walk directly to your car and drive off, it's easier, uh, it's easier and more streamlined, and you don't waste time finding keys and dealing with locks. However, the chances of you losing your stuff is exponentially higher. That's why we have doors. But as a result, we need to sacrifice time and comfort to deal with the locks and doors and making sure our security apparatuses are in check and not to be lazy with it. Same thing when it comes to protecting women. Veiling them and giving them their respective spaces instead of mixing, it isn't easy, and it can be a cause of extra work and some discomfort, but the effort is greatly rewarded. Since we safeguard our women from men with sick hearts, and we save them from falling into the one of the devil's biggest trap, wanting and desiring this world. Which brings me to point C. In Islam, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, uh, are our role models and the men we inspire to get close to in regards to our persona, thinking, and traditions, and relationship with God. So as a practicing religious person, I expect my wife and sisters to learn from our beloved prophets' wives, which are told by, the, uh, by God in the Quran that the wives of the prophets are our mothers. Verse 33, 28 in the Quran states, O prophet, tell your wives, if you seek the world and its embellishments, then come, and I will arrange some provisions for you and release you in an honorable way. But if you see God in his messenger and the adobe of the hereafter, then surely God has prepared a great reward for those who, are, who do good. Quite simply, feminism is all about the here and now. It's trying to get as much as you can from pleasure and material from the current world without social consequences and without considering the long-term effects, like you can't see further from your nose. Without considering the hereafter, many women that fall into feminism cannot fathom their life when they are 50 and 60 and above when your sexual appeal on Instagram and YouTube has more likely diminished and you are no longer simp-approved material, or that your services at your job are no longer required, at that point, 
you will live in depression and loneliness that caused that you caused and promoted your whole life. While our women don't need to go through that pain, and they live a fulfilling life and leave a legacy behind if they work towards that. One righteous son can become many generations of righteous men that make this world a better place, which is all written in God's book for the day of judgment. A generation of good men will come back to the mother that started that chain. Our researchers from Western Kentucky University found that a positive relationship between marital satisfaction and religion continues to be supported through research and is consistent across ethnic and racial lines. This is consistent in religious faith, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Spouses who have internalized religious values about moral character and marital sanctity may engage in behaviors experienced as more satisfying to their spouses. That is, the religious spouse will tend to express more forms of devotion to one's spouse, so like less criticism, which increases the marital satisfaction of the other spouse. However, it was found that husbands with strong religious faith increased wives' marital satisfaction, but wives' religious faith was predictive of lower level or marital satisfaction in both the wife and the husband, like if the husband wasn't religious. In other research, it states that women in highly religious couples were more likely to report that she and her spouse practiced joint decision-making in their relationship. So the responsibility falls on the man to provide a satisfactory marriage. To do so, they must be religious, God-fearing men who adhere to the discipline that comes within their religion and expect their wives to adhere to what God has said, which is the best for humanity. And God said that men are authoritative over women. An authoritative doesn't mean or does not equate with oppressive. Trying to fight ain't to find the root other than what God has prescribed. In the long run, it's disastrous. If a woman is seeking a satisfactory marriage, she should look for a highly religious man. But said men have standards and feminism doesn't cut it. We'll kick it over to Hussein. Go Go ahead, Hussein. Okay, thank you. Um, salam to everyone and um, uh, thanks for having me James and thanks for having Modern Day Debates it's a really cool platform um, so oppression by definition is a state of being subject to unjust treatment or control uh, often liberals want to categorize Islam as oppressive due to having limits or rules on women and they ignore that Islam correctly addresses how the world is for the average person and gives rules for both genders accordingly. Rules in and of themselves are not inherently oppressive. They need an aspect of unjustness. So for example, I really love sports cars as a car enthusiast. I would love to drive 80 miles an hour, you know, wherever I'm going, but it wouldn't be oppressive to limit my speed due to society at large needing rules to safeguard people and coerce them to behave in a responsible way. Islam does just this and it does not impress uh, women because it fundamentally is just in its treatment of both genders and their needs in line with human nature. In contrast, it's actually feminism and liberalism that oppresses women by going against their inherent nature. So both sides of this argument like to use coercion and social engineering or stigmas uh, to get their desired results. However, liberalism themselves, um, excuse me, the policies and stigmas in place are essentially in order to achieve like an end goal. So Islam totally agrees with this as well. That's why we have rules. That's why we tell people how to behave. Um, it's just they want to both maximize happiness, but Islam is the only correct answer. So um, excuse me. So um, you got so, it. 
anyways, so I'm sorry, I'm not done. <laughs> no problem. I just lost my place. So, um, okay. So both view the roles of women in society differently. A good example, um, would be, however, that there's a paradox currently happening. So women's happiness actually in uh, Western societies are declining and women's happiness are actually happier. So if there was all this oppression in a 2015 study, we would see that. However, women were actually happier in underdeveloped nations as well as Islamic nations over Western nations, which is contradictory to Western sensibilities. Another study in 2016 found that uh, women who were mothers had a higher life satisfaction overall than non-mothers. Um, so pretty much women naturally, on average, want to be mothers. Uh, and an Australian study as well found that it's good for women's health. 74% of them still wanted to be mothers, despite Australia being a highly liberal society. Um, and there's a, that same study found that postpartum mothers had the highest rate of life satisfaction. So it intrinsically showed that women feel the most fulfilled by giving birth. Um, there's numerous studies that conclude essentially this. Uh, the answer for what is just and leads to a better society is Islam. It is not the what the West likes to uh, support. So the data is clear on this. Um, it coerces both men and women to seek the same seek the same thing that liberalism wants to do. Um, but instead, liberalism coerces women to be girl bosses, which has long-term horrible effects for society and women themselves. Um, so no one is saying women can't work or that they need, um, but essentially it's not um, needed. So because the man has a duty to make it so a woman doesn't need to work. So uh, liberalism is the opposite of justice, actually. It destroys the family, destroys women and men's relations, and tears at the fabric of society. So Islam is not unjust in that way. Um, there's a 2019 study found that 85% um, of women in the West do not feel supported in being a mother. So this just goes to show the trend uh, that liberalism doesn't actually support being a mother, and that's why they have this societal pressure versus in Islamic countries, it's a main standpoint of being a woman. Um, the irony here is, again, that liberalism is essentially making the trope of single cat moms drinking wine and high on SSRIs. So, again, the data shows that women are the number one users of SSRIs and that it's specifically harsh for older women, unfortunately. I actually feel very bad for them uh, in the sense that they're born into this system that's raising them um, to not know any better. So, they, however, they still want to say that Islam's oppressive. Um, a psychology and behavior science study in 2019 found that while both housewives and career women had the same level of stress as working women, uh, working women were actually more depressed. So clearly liberals and leftists are missing something about women fundamentally, and they are harming women in society at large. Uh, women have the highest levels of depression and SSR use usage compared to women in the past and there's no other nothing other than the happiness paradox that you can read so in conclusion islam has the rules um, but these rules are not impressive because they actually lead to a better outcomes for women in society at large just like a speed limit um, and then i just wanted to end with a quote from an actual feminist remain greer she actually wrote in her book the whole woman i mourn for my unborn children and this is a leader of the feminist movement who told women not to have children and that it was inherently oppressive. 
You got it. Thank you very much for that opening as well. We are going to kick it into the open discussion, but want to say first, folks, we are very excited. If you have been living in a cave on Mars with your fingers in your ears and you didn't know that Modern Day Debate has a podcast, we got to let you know we absolutely do. If you look at the bottom right of your screen, I'm pulling it up right now, Modern Day Debate is available on every podcast app out there. We encourage you to find us on your favorite podcast app right now as all of our debates are uploaded to the Modern Day Debate podcast, available on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, within 24 hours of the debate being live. So check out Modern Day Debate on your favorite podcast right now. Subscribe and follow, and maybe you'd like it. With that, we're going to kick it into the open dialogue. Thank you very much, Muhammad, Hussein, Mark, and Stardust. The floor is all yours. So I'd like to push back on this happiness paradox. One sec. Pardon my interruption. I noticed Mm -hmm. it earlier, Stardust, but it was bearable. It, it wasn't a problem, but now I notice it's a little bit lower. If you if you could turn up your volume just a little bit more, it looks like it might have – maybe my OBS is funky, but it looks like it's just a little bit lower relative to when we did the test at the start. Oh, okay. How is it now? I can see you go a little bit higher yet. Yeah. Uh, check, check, there you check, go. check, check. Very check. good. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Uh, So the happiness gap comes from a paper in 2008, um, but more recent data has actually shown that women are now on par or exceeding men in happiness. Um, And this is from a recent 2015 Gallup happiness survey. Um, So uh, I would say that, um, yes, uh, for a while, women's happiness uh, seemed to be decreasing, but it's actually uh, it actually has recovered and is now on par with men's. Um, Secondly, I would say that this idea idea that feminism is anti-family is a complete myth. The earliest, um, the earliest uh, uh, versions of feminism were very pro-family, advocated for family rights, advocated for parental leave for not just women, but for men too, right? Um, feminism initially was a very pro-family movement. Um, uh, it, it also um, advocated for equal parenting, um, uh, which is beneficial for tr- children. Um, and it, it advocated for men to be more involved in their children. Um, uh, feminism uh, overall, um, uh, you know, was one of the first movements that was pushing for uh, social safety nets, especially for women who um, encountered uh, um, uh, unfortunate situations where they would lose a partner, they would lose a uh, um, you know a source of income, things like that, and women had to go out and work, right? Because you never know what's going to happen to a partner. You never know if they're going to become disabled, if they're going to get sick, if they're going to uh, die. Right? I want to give one, you a question. little bit, uh, give you maybe yeah, thirty so- seconds, and then we got to kick it over to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, what I would say is that um, uh, this idea that um, that uh, women um, have never uh, another another myth is like that women have never had to work outside the home. Right. This is a myth um, globally. Women have always worked. Right. They just worked in different uh, different um, uh, female designated um professions, right? Now, the, this uh, I wanted to touch on something that Muhammad said earlier, um, which was, let me pull it up here, um, that authoritative does not equal oppressive. If authoritative doesn't mean oppressive, gotta, what does it mean when men are the Just to be sure managers? that we don't have too long of a, mm-hmm. we, we don't want to go back into the speeches, so we, just to yeah. be sure that it's short and pithy responses, I've got to, let's start with those points. We'll come to this next okay. point that you were about to bring up, but just to 
hear from the other side quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just sorry. Cool question. When you're saying that, yes, by theory, and they might write it down that you know feminism is pro-family. Okay, but let's just look at the reality. How is it pro-family when the woman has to spend more her more of her time and her life in a corporate structure or a work environment to provide and to serve the job that she's at rather than serving her family? So, how is that pro pro-family? Yes. Yeah, Historically, gonna, all the man histor- contributes to the family. Yeah. Historically, women. Globally, historically, men, women have always worked. This idea of women not working is a is just a blip within the grand span of of the history of the world, right? Correct. Uh, On average, women have. The, the on work? average, no, the average, uh, on average, women worked, they worked in specific industries. Yeah. And oftentimes you'll look at women in other countries, um, uh, like um, 75% of the agricultural labor is made up of women um, globally. You can look at but okay, um, you said, men. You said that, right. Okay. So let's look at the farms. Those farms are people's daughters, wives, and aunts and uncles that are working on that farm. So they're still part of the family doing family work. They're not going out to it's a corporate work. business. And, and just to answer that other point that you made, they're what not going matter because no, they're working with their family it's a with part of family. a family it's union a family yeah union. it's strengthening the family they're it's not, not going to a corporate yeah. life it, it does, that not, not necessarily a lot of a lot of these yeah. uh, farmers would go off to other people's farms where they would work they would take their wives mm-hmm. with them and guess what that wife's labor wouldn't be counted under that wife it would be counted under the husband's labor correct uh, it, so so after taking man. care of the family after taking care of the family after taking care of the children the women would go with the men to the farm work with the men and then all of their labor was counted under the man stardust you said it again they went with their family which is their man at that with their point, husband which is their family and then way they went and worked so the family is getting paid as you said for the longest time in history the man is the centerpiece of the household so when it's under the man it's the man mm-hmm. and his kids and all the people around him but also to answer another point to you oh. now here's a question if 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 the ceo is at a certain position in a company and the cfo is in a different position in a company right because the ceo has more authority therefore the ceo is oppressive to the cfo because the cfo doesn't have the 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 ability to 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 kind of trump in certain decisions it doesn't mean okay, if it's that's, right or wrong. That's, that's, okay. that's so not stop, even stop. An, that's, that's not even analogous. Uh, yeah. Secondly, your you first your first criticism with me was that um, how can a feminism be pro women when you're taking women out of the household? But you're, women you're have only always been women have always been outside of the household. They've a always been outside of the household. Yeah, so they're out of the no family. Reason, They've always been outside and working. There is no that, reason to compare a structure of paid employees to the inherent rights of men and women. No, no, no. Like it's, it's, what it's we're talking about. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What we're talking about is the equality between men and women. You're basically making the argument that it is necessary to oppress women. And I find it particularly disturbing that, Muhammad, in your opening, you compared women to a door. And Hussein, in your opening, you, you compared see, women to a Hey, 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 be quiet. You don't, don't yell at me. So, uh, compared it to a car, then stop it. I didn't compare me. women to Have a some car. respect. Right, Do you know how an analogy works? Hold on one for the last second. Gentlemen, hold on a no, second. no, I haven't. This All is right. one of the first things this, I've said. But I Thank have you. to do this once in a while. So I'm going to turn it over to where once I allow participants to unmute themselves. So, okay, so if I have to mute anybody, you won't be able to unmute yourself for this debate. Usually we do that, but in this case, I don't. I don't trust you guys. So what we're going to do is let's let Mark finish his point. I promise we'll come right back to you, Muhammad and yeah. Hussein. 
So you can see that the attitudes that if you're you're basically saying, hey, a woman is a door. It, it's convenient to do these things to her. She's an object. And again, Hussein, comparing a woman to an object, it's a car. You can't let it go too fast. This is the kind of restrictions that Islam is putting on women because they do see them as possessions. You own a door. You own a car. And and they are so baked into Islam that they, these guys, they don't see. It's like a water a fish not seeing water. They are so deep within that culture that a woman is subservient and lesser to a man. They don't even realize it. And that's what I wanted to point out. Okay, so... One, I never compared a woman to a car. I said, there's rules for driving a car, just like there's rules for men and women in Islam. So apparently your brain's too small to understand what I'm talking about. Two, um, Stardust, I'm talking about uh, second wave feminism, which is like the the most um, popular branch of feminism now. So for example, like Svobon de Beauvoir, uh, Betty Friedan, uh, Jermaine Greer, like all these people specifically said that being a mother is bad, essentially. And they actually preached that. And then you can see the rate of motherhood actually falling within Western society. So if the trend continues, there will be less and less mothers. That's why uh, you can even look like fertility rates in quote unquote uncivilized cultures is actually higher because they have traditional values versus Western cultures. So if you're like a utilitarian atheist, Mark, for example, there's tons of data you can look at where you would want a religious society actually, so. Okay, so I have to reply to a couple of these things, right? The idea that being a mother was only negative in in the idea that, um, that society in itself did not make space for mothers, did not was not accommodating to mothers. And while you claim that being a mother is the most important um, uh, important job in the world, there was um, there was little to no support for women. Women um, who were stay at home moms were often on barbiturates, who were often were on uh, uh, often on drugs, right? Um, and uh, you can look at that um, and. Uh, you know, nobody's saying that being a mother is a useless thing, that being a mother is bad. Obviously, these are good things, right? And feminism, again, was one of the first movements that really advocated for mothers, advocated for um, for women who were uh, childbearing. Um, but um, what I would say also in response to um, there was a second point that you had, uh, Hussein, that I wanted to respond to, but I can't remember what it was now. Um, Anybody remember what the second point was? Women aren't cars. They're people. No, I mean, no, not that one. <laughs> uh, um, no. Um, uh, I don't remember what the second point was. I don't remember what I was going to say. But um, I will say that, um, again, even women who worked in tailoring, who worked in um, uh, child care, who worked in women's specific industries were leaving their families to go and work. Uh, so it's not new. Women leaving their families to go out and work and, and help contribute to their family um, is not anything new. So do you guys do do you think that like Islam just says women can't work and that's why it's oppressive? Like what no. exactly? No. Okay. No, but Islamic cultures have instituted things that have put the man in control of the woman working. So um, I believe in uh, Iran, I think it was, they for 70% of the population was men, while women were found it very, very hard to get work. So, and in most businesses that employed women, you needed the permission of your husband to work. And so what it sounds like to me 
and you know sort of what you're saying with this this car this speeding analogy and this this it, you're placing restrictions on women and sort of calling them uh just and you said it was just to do so but our our understanding of justice is is an equality one so you seem to think that because you restrict women, you're being oppressive, but that oppression is a necessary oppression. It, it's something that you um, are forced to do because of what you said was the inherent nature of women. And if, uh, women, if women were not me meant to go out and pursue other things beyond family, why do we spend a third of our lives past our reproductive years? It makes no sense. Um, uh, if you spend a, th you know, a third of your reproductive years are past the, the age of which you can bear children. Um, obviously women are meant for just more, more than just that. I think you guys have like a very skewed view of like Islamic societies. No one is saying like you can go to Arab countries and women are doing community service. In fact, they're told by the prophet peace be upon him to do community service. It's just the fact of the matter that it's, it's on average better for women while they're childbearing years to be at home. So there's a, an economic efficiency argument. So for example, in the Europe, uh, excuse me, not in the Europe, in Europe, uh, it's about 50K just for uh, women and uh, any family to send their kids off. Um, and the average salary in Europe is only 33K. So women are actually losing and they're making their family lose money by going into the workplace. So if they just stayed home, it'd be better for the family overall. And then again, there's also stats on how children are raised better when there's two parent households, for example, as well as a person in the home. So there's a bunch of, that, yeah. there's, okay. So then there's statistics that show it's, these are all better ways to operate society. So right. why, why would Islam response, be oppressive by coercing society to act that way? See, my response was not to, to say, this was not a, a me accusing Islam of, of preventing women from working. This was a response to Muhammad saying that, um, that liberal feminism or feminism in the West is taking women out of the family uh, to go work, when in reality, women have always been leaving their families to go work throughout history, throughout the history of time and history of humans. So Islam is just saying in a just world, a woman wouldn't have to work. That's is essentially what the goal it's trying to strive for. Why not men so, don't have to work? Men, men worked throughout society. Like they've always worked. No, no, no. You're saying men have always worked world. in society too. Yeah. So why why is it women that you're saying in a just society, in a sort of ideal society, women wouldn't have to work? Why not in an ideal society, men wouldn't have to work? So women are going to be doing firefighters and all these jobs they don't want to do. They can. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm I not mean, even there's disputing. like biological, like there's biological, Look, like things happen. That, that, that is the, why that the why. idea that women can't do most of the jobs men can. And I grant you men are generally bigger and stronger. So there are some jobs more suited to to men. But the the idea that a woman can't drive a truck or operate mining equipment, we don't use like sheer brute strength anymore. We use machines. The, the days of being big and strong to be able to work are over. I'm really sorry. It's dead. It's over. We have machinery automation now that does all of that. And, and plus, most jobs now are actually in the, the, the sort of service fields and things like that. So 
Um, there's no so so why not in an ideal society aren't the men staying home? Why is it the women's fundamental nature that you're appealing to? And I would also say that on Mark's point, the one thing that liberal feminism has advocated for has been parental leave, especially during the you know um, around the time of pregnancy for both women and for men. Mm-hmm. And I do want to push back against this idea that. That sort of just Islamic to be sure. Hold woman. on one sec. Just to be sure, it sounds. I okay. I would do what you would, what you're doing, Mark. I I just keep going, <clears throat> or I should say, I would try to make a point. But I want to be sure, Muhammad and Hussein, if you had no a worries. point, just because I know that sometimes debaters are sometimes more mellow and they're just kind of like they're waiting for a really clear and obvious opening. But feel free to interject because both Mark and Stardust have made a point. Uh, Muhammad, we can't hear you. Sure. You might be on mute. Uh, you have to unmute yourself, mate. Well, let me. I don't. Uh, I think, oh yeah, I think what's happened is since you guys can't mute, um, you can't unmute yourselves because I deselected that because it got rowdy at the start. Once you guys mute yourselves, then I have to actually manually go in and unmute you. So just so you, I'll I'll unmute everybody right now just to be sure. And I think that uh, yeah. So go ahead though, Muhammad. It looks like you had a point. Yeah, well, no, it's just to come back to the earlier point Mark made that when I was comparing women to doors, that was not the case. I was comparing the veil to the door, is that the veil is giving securities, not comparing women to objects. But when it comes to objectifying women, I feel like in the West, uh, driving down the street and looking at the billboards, I don't see people putting, uh, like, I don't see people putting niqabs and, and hijabi women on the posters but they're rather putting women that are half naked and sex sells that's the marketing so when it comes to objectifying women that's something that's done in the west promoting like everywhere you go you know let me put a very good looking secretary because that's good for business let me put uh sexy women on the posters because that's good for marketing and business so I, I don't understand where you think that we're objectifying and oppressing women when they're used as sex objects in the west literally um Muhammad, and, and whenever is, you guys uh, are Sorry, you paused there. I, I, yeah, you have sorry, because I, I just wanted to add something. I, I would like to take some opportunities to go over some of the verses that you guys pointed out, because there are some inconsistencies with what you said. But let's just cool. discuss this point. Well, yeah, you brought up a point. Um, could you tell me what Taharash, um, Taharash Jamai is? He accidentally muted himself, I think. Again, uh... yeah, no problem. Well, in the meantime, do yeah. want to remind you folks if you have not yet hit like, we do appreciate that support. And I just clicked unmute on Muhammad. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't think you were going to keep that feature. Uh, Mark, sorry, what was your question? Because I didn't understand. Uh, what's uh, Taharush Jamai? Jamai, I'm understanding Jamal, which is like the, the like the group, but I don't know what the first one, Taharush? Yeah, so it's basically a um, coordinated attack by Muslim men on non-Muslim women not wearing a hijab. Um, a reporter called Lara Logan suffered this attack in Egypt in 2011, where the entire crowd of Muslim men will um, surround the, the woman and basically sexually assault her. And it's seen as a game in Islam because um, wait, wait, the wait. the woman not wearing a hijab is considered an enemy and therefore completely accessible by the so, Muslim men. So um, my this sister, is, this has been reported by by many people in in Islamic countries as being a sort of 
practice that the Muslim men participate in. Mark, uh, I would love to see the sources of what you're saying because yeah. I personally have cousins and sisters that don't have that don't wear the hijab that literally went to Egypt last year and nobody did whatever you said because I, I haven't even heard that term taharush <laughs> jamai like that. What you're saying there is just uh, a little bit of propaganda and maybe like one story that went viral that this is this is all of Islam. This isn't Islam. And plus, you need to understand there's a difference between Islam and Islam's law and what Arab and societies are doing. There's there's a separation between religion and what society is doing nowadays. Well, there is nothing on, in Islam. On. There's no Islamic you doctrine. Out what was happening in the West. So why don't we get to point out what's happening in the Arab world? Because we're discussing Islam. Islam is international. It's not just Arabs. That 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 correlation between Arab like and I Islam that, is a failure. But you're sort of saying, hey, women are put up on billboards in the West. You're sort of saying, well, Islam would, you know, that doesn't happen in Islam. Correct. But horrendous things do happen in Islam, and you're not bringing up any of those. You're specifically picking on the things in the West while ignoring all of the stuff that happens in um, mm. in, in in Egypt. And, and this was in Egypt, you know. Yeah, this I'm is here a comparison. To Egypt or this is a, here to okay. Yeah, so Islam. this is a comparison so between... This is a comparison. You brought up the secular world, the secular society where certain things happen with women. Right. So right. I think it's fair that we bring up like Islamic yes. societies that exist that uh, where certain things happen. OK, but these Islamic societies are not adhering to proper Islamic laws because the same billboards that I see here in the West. Now that there is a lot of Western influences, I'm seeing the same billboards in Egypt and I'm seeing the same billboards all over the world. And but the West doesn't have this problem this particular problem of this practice and i've put in a news article from word um, of buzz a word of buzz news article that says yeah. jamai, a practice where women are openly raped i've mm -hmm. never heard or seen this live nor if that's a problem and by the way in our country in syria and other countries if there is a rape not even like this to the extreme where there's a lot of people that person is done there's not even jail or, or that person is done there is no rape or open rape and where we're coming from that's from a, a culture point of view. But in a religion, there is no rape. And, and like here, you know, uh, you guys, uh, uh, for example, Mark, you put um, verse 411 about the inheritance. So you're saying that the women yes. inherit double the man, but then you didn't finish the uh, verse. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the men inherit double the women. Sorry, sorry. The, inher the, women, the man is inheriting double the women, but you didn't finish the verse writing it. And I seen it get off when it says, if the guy doesn't have a son, nor uh, any brothers and his parents inherit him the mother gets double the dad so that's the women getting double the dad at that point that's one yeah, so, other, sorry uh and women get other point i wanted dad. to talk about yes so the mother is getting double the dad if the guy doesn't have a son or he doesn't have brothers or sisters so there is situations where the mother is getting double or the women is getting doubled in the meal her meal counterpart and one the other dad. thing her no, male no, counterpart. To, to the dad. So he's saying the father. Oh, okay. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, I apologize. And and then the other one when you're saying the testimony. So there's a study by the Harvard Health Publishing, uh, the Harvard Medical School. In by 2050, 13.8 million people in the U.S. will likely have Alzheimer's disease, and two thirds will be women. So that thing is not about the intellect of the women, but rather the memory of the women, because it's trying to remember the testimony and what happened during them signing uh, the debt agreement between two parties. Alzheimer's and doesn't kick in until much later yeah. in life. But the, the point that I'm making is that menopause, menopause causes uh, memory loss for women. It, 
Okay. But it doesn't, doesn't say no. anything about the age of the woman there. It just says women in general. Do you think the memory of women is worse than men? I think that there is an age when they come to a point where the woman loses her memory faster than a man after menopause. And these contracts that we're writing in debt, some of them can go uh, to 20, 30 years. It's not like a five minute contract. Yeah, I, are, I, I don't think I don't think well, you know much about how the neurological systems of women versus men work. And just because there is I, a higher prevalence of Alzheimer's doesn't mean that women inherently the, get worse memories. I think that's just sort of an assertion. Mark, let me maybe. finish this point and I'll let Hussein and you like talk so, about it. But it, even even in even in that same article, there's saying menopause is a leading cause of memory loss for women not only alzheimer's like alzheimer's is prevalent in women but it's also menopause cause is that there's a direct correlation between memory and menopause so that's why the verse is stated in that way because god knows god created us he knows that so but see the verse does not the verse does not specify menopausal women the verse does not specify women with alzheimer's the verse specifies women, women just general. women in general because right? women and in when, general and when we look loss. at when no when we look at women in uh in general and look at women uh you know at the average age uh you know where they'll be making these types of decisions they have not reached the the age of alzheimer's onset yet stardust i'm talking about the age of menopause okay after menopause her memory goes down if they're going into contracts and witnessing contracts within the age of 30 to 40, and some of these contracts are going to be for 20 to 30 years, they're going to have the ability to, uh, the, you know, there's a there's a precaution just because of that biological issue. But the contract is being made for the extended period of time. It's not, if that contract is made, it, we're not worrying about the memory of the people, uh, you know, making okay, that contract because the contract One exists. Sec. I do just right? want to ask how this ties back to whether or not Islam is oppressive to women. I understand that you were kind of making a case, if I understand it, Muhammad and Hussein, you were kind of making a case for Islam as being good to women relative to the alternatives like Western liberalism, stuff like that. But this is, it's getting to the point where I'm like, it's so peripheral that I'm, it's, it's hard to make that case. I'm, I'm, it's more difficult to see how you're making that case with this specific example. Can you explain how this specific example? Sure. James, uh, Stardust, she said that women are oppressive, are oppressed in the Quran since the testimony of a woman, or you need two women as of a testimony of a man. I'm just saying that because of things of menopause and Alzheimer's that affect women more, more like more uh, predominantly, that's why it has been put in the Quran. Okay, thank you. Okay, so well, again, I think I'll, uh, well, if I could just say something, sorry, Stardust, I just want to say something real quick. I think that the problem is that, that there might be some men that aren't, don't have a good as memory as some women but the verse doesn't consider any of this. It doesn't say judge them on, you know, how their memory is. It's saying that all women testimony is worth less than all men, even though a man might be, you know, sort of Joe Biden and completely, you know, off the rails. And a woman might be very young, acute and sharp and a way better witness. The whole idea that doesn't factor this in is the problem. Actually, um, and wrong, it makes Mark. blanket statements. It's Sorry, it's about You're wrong. men and women in general. It speaks about men and women in general. And again, menopause, let me remind you, happens in the last third of a woman's life. 
right? Okay, but it's saying when it came to Mark's point, uh, it's the people that you accept as witnesses. So I'm not going to accept Joe Biden with his memory problems as a witness, but it's also making stipulations, general, general statements on the course of humankind or mankind. And it's very clear scientifically that women suffer more problems with memory loss than men. It doesn't mean that men doesn't have memory loss, but it's more prevalent in women. Because it says that if you're vetoing, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to address that. If you're vetoing men to make sure their memory is fine, why aren't you vetoing women to make sure their memory is fine? What's with the double standard, Muhammad? No, no, no. That also works with women. I can veto a woman if I don't think her memory or that she's not a suitable witness. She's not going to be honest. Why the two women per one man? As again, as I said, there's more memory loss prevalent in women. But you've already vetoed that. Only in the in the late stages of life, though, only in the late stages of life, which you'll see the same thing with men. Okay, but it's not just I'm telling you, menopause (laughs) is not the late stage of life. She's 40, 50 years old when she hits menopause. She's not 60, 70, 80. How bad is that memory loss? How bad is the memory loss on menopause? Is it comparable to Alzheimer's? Absolutely not. We're talking about truth. There's memory loss. Yeah, but you're talking about memory loss in comparison. Menopause's memory loss versus Alzheimer's is completely incomparable. I was giving you in the statistics where that women end up having more Alzheimer's. And I'm showing you in other statistics that women suffer memory loss through menopause. So it's it's a stage that just keeps getting worse. But the menopause uh, is unrelated women. to Alzheimer's. It is unrelated to Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a disease of its own, so unrelated to that. I'm making two points about the same topic. Yeah, it's not you about don't the understand relation. neurology and the connection between them. There's no connection between menopause and, and Alzheimer's, except for no, that a- as you advance in age, they begin to yeah. affect you. So you've said, hey, Alzheimer's affects you later in life menopause affects you later in life they must be connected no they're I'm, not like saying, and, and the whole idea that just because some women have a memory degradation past menopause that we should blanket sort of treat all women as half as much as men is just a complete misunderstanding of what those studies are saying mark for the third time i'm not correlating okay that menopause with alzheimer's that's not what the correlation that i made but you're right there is a statement there's a blanket statement that women suffer with more memory loss than men so that stipulation in the quran protects us from that that's it yeah so it makes women lesser no matter what so the whole idea of of equality and I, i can't believe i have to explain this is that we take people on the the traits that they have not saying, hey, you're part of this demographic, therefore we're going to treat you as lesser because of the traits that I, I judge all of your demographic has. What, what we want to do is say, hey, is this woman intelligent, concise, has a good memory? Then yes, her, her testimony should be equal to a man's. That, okay, that's but, the whole idea. And but in truth, not doing that puts them in a lower social class that sort of says, hey, no matter how good you are, you might be a, a have a photographic memory. Your testimony is only worth half of that as a man's on the simple basis that you're a woman. That is oppression. Well, Mark, it's not oppression because it's what the reality is. It's not a, it's not in regards that me being oppressive to women, but men and women who are both humans have the same rights as humans. So they're equally humans. But when it comes to male and female, they're not equal. To think that they're equal, that goes against just basic 
observation. That's like saying like, you know, an SUV and a hatchback, they're both cars, so they're both equally cars. But an SUV and a hatchback are not equal in their features and their and their packages and what comes with them. One has a little bit of a, a degree over the other one, and that's it. So the total package of male yeah. is not equal to the total package of females. And a male has a little bit more favored than a female, just biologically, part, mentally, and spiritually. Part no, of the no, reason... Just the, the, part, sorry, go if ahead. If I can, Sarah, just sorry. really quick. Part of the reason yeah, why yeah. you'll see Alzheimer's much more prevalent with women than men is because women live longer than men. And Alzheimer's is directly correlated with age, right? Uh, so, so is dementia, right? If women live longer than men, you will see twice as many women you know, so or you'll see more, more significantly more women suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's because they live longer than men. Men die so you <laughs> before agree. they reach that. So no, we don't agree. We don't agree. No, you did not it's hear not... a word she said. I did. I did hear what she said. She said that men live longer. Therefore, women, I mean, women, live, women longer. live longer. Women live longer. Women mm -hmm. live longer. And therefore that because that's they're living longer, they suffer more of a memory loss because men yes. are not alive to suffer it. But that's not true because I'm talking about the menopause. 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 Memory loss from menopause is not comparable to dementia or Alzheimer's. It's not. Is it memory loss? Yes or no? As the science it's, says, it's memory loss. So end of story. There's memory loss as you get older, male or female. But postmenopausal women, again, we spend a third of our lives postmenopause, and postmenopausal women are going out and achieving things every day. No, it's not saying that women. Uh, it's just, it's literally just a hadith that says when getting alone, there should be a second woman who can remind the other woman because as women it's get older, surah. they have, they have less, yeah, excuse me, Sarah, they have less memory. Like it's not. But that's not, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say about women specifically being older. It only says women in general. But God is considering that God is speaking the truth. How do you so know? That how do you, how do you know, know that that's because what's I've being actually read the Quran? You understand? God is God yeah, is but does in the Quran does it specifically say about dementia or Alzheimer's? No, but God is clearly stating that God is clearly stating that women are more likely to suffer forgetting than men. That's what the statement is. So it's a stereotype statement. Yes, there are edge cases that God created and put as tests for people and people who have more favor than other people. So obviously not all women are equal. There's women that are higher stature. People have more ability and more intellect than others. But as a general statement, women suffer with more memory issues than men. That's the bottom line. That's On what God average, said. And you can't change yes. that. So, so why, if God wanted to say it was because of menopause or the Alzheimer's, why didn't he put that in, in the book? Because I'm giving you an apologist, like a reason why it does fit with the narrative, but God has more than one reason. Yeah, so God that is, is a God, narrative, I agree. But but God in the Quran always gives general statements. He's not going into the specific of each edge case and any other possibility that it could, could occur. But, but he's, he's saying God. as a general should, statement. Yes, he's it, God. It, it, he's God. He should be able to do that. Yes. He he did do that. So that statement covers multiple no, cases. Yes, it There's does. There's no it's... specificity within it. Uh, like a god could have been specific and okay. said, "Hey, if if it re a woman reaches this age and her mental uh, faculties seem to be in decline, then we don't we we'll only allow them half as witness, while those of acute, you know, intelligence 
can still bear witness just as much as a man, but they didn't. And that's not what he did. Like you're basically saying that God was somehow restricted from doing this and had to make blanket sweeping sort of, you know, um, um, misogynistic statements. There's no, there's no reason why an all powerful God would have had to do that. No, and actually, actually there's a lot of reasons why God chose to give oh, yeah, us the that? enough, the enough information that we need to live our lives. Because if he wanted, he could give us a 600 books on just writing contracts, but he gave us the enough information for us to handle ourselves as societies. But for you to ask him for guys more detail on all that, you're the one who's deluded in the first place. So even if yeah, God yeah, gave but you it's a an oppressive books, society, it's an oppressive society because it devalues women. You're making rules for women based on a a small group of women who do not reflect the majority of women. Yes. Actually, memory loss affects the majority of women, as I said, for multiple times, because the no, majority of women goes through menopause. It, again, the memory loss from menopause is it, something off, scientifically it, proven. It, it's it's first off not even comparable to dementia or Alzheimer's, and secondly, <laughs> and secondly, women postmenopausal women are still in the workplace, still functioning in high level positions in the workplace, are still um, are still functioning in society. It, it, if anything, it shows that menopause, the memory loss associated with menopause still uh, um, is not significant enough to interfere with their daily life and interfere with their daily work. And a lot of these women are working in high, powerful positions. But the verse didn't say that, Stardust. The verse didn't say yeah, that if the a woman women can't can work function, and gain function. If, if a woman can function past menopause and, and yeah. be incredibly effective, and this memory loss only affects her for a little bit, then, um, for a you little know, bit, then, right? So you said it. Her memory loss is affected even for X amount, a little bit. It's affected. That's the yeah, truth. Yeah, but it's again, it's not the majority of her life. To respond, and then it's I, not the majority of her life. I do want to say we've been on this particular topic for a while yet. So are there any other last topics that came up earlier in the debate that you guys would like to discuss before we go into the Q&A? Because the Q&A normally we would go into in about five to ten minutes. Yeah, um, I would yeah. like to sort of, um, Muhammad said sort of veiling about veiling of women. It's safeguarding women from wanting and desiring this world. And then he went on to say, women should not want or desire this world. Um, could you explain why women should not want or desire this world? Right, because us as Muslims and people who believe in God and his message, we believe that there's a better world. And just like how all other religions that believe in the hereafter and we're God-fearing people that consider the day of judgment, part of that is not accepting this world or wanting to be part of this world because we're looking forward to the next world. And me, like, you know, my wife should know that my life world? purpose. What? Are you part of this world? I'm in this world. As the Christians even preach, I'm in this world. I'm not part of this world. I'm here to make it better. But I'm not here to collect material things or sit there for a corporate structure or to serve a government. I'm here to serve God and make the world a better place in the name of God. And I expect my wife to be on the same mission. My wife isn't serving me. My wife is serving God because I serve God. And she herself is serving God. And when she's raising her kids, she's serving God. So she wants to save, protect, save herself and me, help her save herself from all the temptations of life and all the things that the devil uses, which is most likely, or sorry, which is prominently or like primarily sexual deviance. I'm going to protect her from that. If she wants to be a sexual deviant, she's out of my house and she can go do whatever she wants. But at that point, she turned away from her religion and left. That's how it works. We're here okay, to serve so God. So why, why not ourselves. say people should not want or desire this world instead of women should not want or desire this world? Because that's what the Quran said. About people, 
the people don't want it. So my wife is expecting okay. her to do that. So why not veil the men if you should not want or desire? Men do have clothing requirements. But you right, don't but veil not, Those clothing requirements are not anywhere extensive as Because a woman's hair is essentially different, viewed differently than a man's hair. That why? like That's the argument. Why? Because... Because women don't sexualize your hair, but men men are attracted to women's hair. <laughs> you think? You've yeah. Not, you've not are you attracted to a Are guys. you attracted to a bald woman? You've you've not. Yes, actually, I I have been. Natalie Portman did an amazing job <laughs> in Death of Vendetta. I thought okay. she was very attractive, actually. <laughs> no, she's Why? an attractive woman, but it doesn't. You're not specifically. She's better with hair. No, that's the point. Yeah, the average I'm person. Not, I'm not sure for marketing. Look. I would argue that women sexualize hair too. And, oh, yeah. uh, and if that is the, if that is the case, then maybe men should be veiled too. Um, the, the, the sure. requirements on women for dress code are, are far more than there are any requirements on men for dress code. Okay. So dress codes are oppression is what you're saying. I think there's an, a disparity. Uh, I'm not saying oppression, but I think there is a disparity, a vast disparity in the standards that women are given within Islam and the okay. standards that men are given. Well, that's true, but it's the same thing in Western society. How come I can go shirtless, but you can't go shirtless? I don't support that. I think everyone should be. Able so to. everyone should just be a nudist. Why have any rules, right? <laughs> well, um, I actually don't I like to see men shirtless. So, you know, I'm of the opposite. Yeah, I'm the, <laughs> um, the opposite. I, I mean, thought. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan either, but I mean, if if you have a rule for one, have a rule for other. You know, this this whole thing about you know society going crazy if we see these things, it's just not true. There's been many civilizations throughout the years that haven't broken down just because there is um, a, a display of flesh, if you will, on on display. That that, that hasn't happened. This is just. Men ex- exercising control, and I've noticed the same. While I'm looking at you, you've got very nice hair. I'm sure you don't do it to be attractive to women or anything, right? Because they don't think about hair at all. Um, but yeah, th- this whole idea is: yeah, I-, I believe in equality for men and for women completely. Like, why don't we treat? Why are men not treated the same as women? Is is the main question? But this because scientifically. Scientifically, oh, religiously, yeah, I'm sure there's lots all, of science here. Yeah, yeah, there's science, science proof, religiously, proof? and in reality, that men and women are not equal in gender roles. And okay, so, different. so if I can, if I can reply to this, Wait, you can, um, you can look up Simone de Beauvoir. She literally talks about this. She says that women are different than men, and she yeah, literally no, I, has misogynistic. No, I'm where the I will literally, was, I will literally say, I am the first person to say that men and women are different. And that's okay. Men and women are biologically different. That is fine. But that should not restrict the ability of men or women to seek uh, what they want in society and seek what they want for their lives. Um, We shouldn't like these. They're obviously common sense things, right? Men are going to be on average stronger than women, right? They're going to be more capable of doing these hard labor jobs. But that doesn't mean that we restrict a woman from ever going into that job. That doesn't mean that we, um, uh, you know, restrict um, men from uh, being more nurturing, right? Um, uh, Again, and then I would say that um, that women, um, uh, you know, may be sexualized based on their hair. But men are too. Men are sexualized too. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. And, and and um and you know, if we're gonna hold one standard to, to women, we should hold the same standard to men. 
No, that's not true. You can't. Why would you hold the same standard to men when the women are the ones who get abused when it comes to certain sex things? Yeah, so it's, the, it's it's the the, the rate is uh, more against the women than the, the women. The way socialization have, works and is is uh, done we, throughout societies is different. Like when, the fact a, of the matter is, women and men are just different, and you guys admit men, that, but you're just mad that there's more clothing required uh, for women. No, no, no. Oh, like, even in a workplace, men, I'm not, even I'm in not a even mad. I'm not even mad, right? But women, women and men, they're different. Yes, one hundred percent. Right. But that doesn't mean that we create unfair requirements for one group and not for the other. We, we want to make sure that these requirements are fair, right? Um, we want to make sure we have protections in place for the for the weaker people in society, the more vulnerable people in society, right? Start, but those protections, us. but those protections should not be ones that limit the autonomy of somebody else. But the veil is protection. Yes, exactly. And here, here's not. another proof. We're, Many we're women talk about that. Many women talk about how the veil prevents them. There's literally and, and Muslim nobody, women no. in Western cultures, and they say, oh, I'm treated better by Western men. So not just Muslim men, by Western men as when well. When I wear a ski mask and, that only shows my eyes, and let me tell you guys, I used to do this. I used to wear a ski mask at night when I used to work at a really late night job. I would, When I would leave my job, I'd put on a ski mask and it only showed my eyes, right? Part of that was that I wanted to make sure everybody around me was scared of me <laughs> so they didn't mess with me, right? Well, um, so, I, I mean, Say you know, something. Yeah. I, I want to say something. He's saying no one's saying that women can't wear this if they want to. Like you're saying, oh, well, they some, you know, these women they want to wear. That's fine. If they want to wear it, that's fine. That's that's fine. But what you're talking about and that you're ra- rapidly galloping away from is you are prescribing what they wear, whether they like it or not, which no, is it, a different it, situation. It is, and we've yeah. seen the effect of some of these really oppressive. Um, systems of control in Iran, where they're currently having a full-scale revolt because of Islam prescribing these these garments for them. Islam, like any system, says what you ought to do. So it's saying it's best, right? Just like Stardust, when she she realizes, oh, it's unsafe for women to walk home at light night. Maybe I should dress a certain way. She's making a proactive choice to dress and behave a certain way that would scare off people. That's what exactly Islam's saying. They're saying, oh, if you want to be taken seriously as a person, an individual, and not a sexual object, you should not dress provocatively. Here's the, dif- here's the difference. Here's the difference, right? Men and women both wear ski masks, right? But there is a gender difference in the way that uh, that you will see women uh, dressing you know, based on these standards in Islam. And that in itself makes you a target. Um, if you if you only if you know that only women dress this way, that makes you a target. Wait, what? Like I can I can distinguish a woman walking down the street whether she's dressed in an abaya or not. Like you, it's yes, easy to tell. Right? Yes, but you know yes. that. So only how's that women, making people a target? You know, you know that only women wear abayas. But it's very it's a proven fact that women that are wearing abayas and hijab they get cat cold a lot less than the people that don't. So there's a little bit less deviance. I'm not and saying why it, is that? it's a comp- why is that because they picks. because they look they well. Look no, nice. it's because <laughs> Islam supports that women not wearing the prescribed dress are um, women that are. I'm talking about the West. Immoral. I'm talking about the West. And to answer your point about Iran, okay, like I come women in the, the West. Middle- I like, will say women in the West. Who Stardust, can, can wear- I finish my point, please? Sorry, go ahead. 
So you're, about your point in Iran, okay? So the mm-hmm. only reason why these protests are happening is because Iran is having a very difficult time with the states, especially with what's going on in Russia. It's a politically driven protest, the same way it happened in Libya, in the same way it happened in Syria, and it's the same way it happened in Egypt. These are political issues that has nothing to do with Islam or the prescribed rule of Islam. But you want to go ahead and jump on the Islamophobia wagon that's happening. I would like to share my screen and I could show you a picture uh, just give me one second. I, I want to show you a picture of exactly what's going on uh, at a different time here. So share screen. So Masa uh, Amini doesn't doesn't exist or, or something. No, I'm, Masa Amini exists, but she didn't die because of someone beating her. So if you could see, this is they're making the okay. Islam the 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 person holding the Quran smaller than the woman. They're showing the hair of the woman. They're showing her in heels that she's liberated from this man. And what's she holding? Lenin. So during the communist times and socialist time, they targeted the women. And they wanted to liberate the women of what she needed to do to safeguard herself. Because if you can corrupt the women, you've corrupted the whole neighborhood. And that's how it worked. And this is why we tried to protect our women from this type of mentality. But now instead of communism and Lenin being the devil. It's actually the states and liberalism and, and, and Westernism is the devil. So it's the same mentality. It's just a different package because we already beat the first one. We're going to well, beat liberalism, the second one. Uh, no, I will say the difference that. between liberalism and a liberal society and an Islamic society is that under a liberal society, you can uh, practice Islam. You can dress the way that you want. Part of uh, one of the, wait, wait, before you laugh at me and before you mm-hmm. laugh it off, right? The fundamental values of liberalism are individual liberty, the ability to choose, right? And that gives you the ability. If you would like to dress the way that you would like to dress, go ahead and dress that way. But under a religious society, you do not get the ability to choose for yourself uh, like this. You you have to follow specific things, right? And some of those are dress codes. And those and why are we re- requiring women to dress a certain way because men are being predatory? Why are we punishing women for that? It's because not, men are predatory. I can give you a really it's quick not response predatory and then we do have to go to the Q&A. Well, and and uh, sorry, last point, but in Quebec they banned the hijab in government places. So it's very liberal, but not for the hijab. Well, I think that, you know, they shouldn't have they shouldn't ban the hijab. I will say that. Right. But um, at the same time, I can see that if it's if it's seen as a religious, um, uh, you know, piece of clothing right in Quebec uh, or in in other countries where they're very anti-religion specifically. And that this let me tell you, anti-religion is different from secularism. Right. If they're very anti-religion, then. Um, within government jobs, they don't require they don't they don't allow people to wear crosses or Star of David's either. Right. Uh, they shouldn't if that's the case. Right. But I'm talking secular liberal society allows for individual liberty. So I got a question on that to you guys both then, because it, it sounds like you're saying like, oh, you want the choice. Right. So are drug laws like oppression because I don't have the choice to go do like heroin, even though it's bad for me. I want the choice, though. If not, I'm being oppressed. Because that's that's kind of what you're arguing. You're saying that like if the hijab protects, if the hijab like the ski mask protected you, then why are you fighting it so much? Why is it because not being an Instagram? Hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to address that. I want to address that. That's that's a false analogy. Because what we're saying is that if heroin is legal or illegal, it should be illegal or legal for both men and women, right? That would be a better analogy. Whereas you're sort of saying, oh, I want to go do hair and I should be allowed to do that. No, our example is a rule or a law or a, or a 
a prescription that only applies to women and not men. And just to touch on something about what happened in Iran, um, the, the government actually signed a decree, Ibrahim Raisi signed a decree restricting women's clothing and setting up sort of facial recognition for those not wearing the prescribed clothing. So that's absolutely false. I mean, he he prescribed it himself. He 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 did an announcement on it. I don't know where you get your information from, Mohammed. I'll um, give you the last word, Mohammed, and then we got to go to the Q and A. Right. Uh, like I would have loved to touch the topic of polygamy. Like you're saying that men are allowed to have four wives, but women aren't allowed to have four men's because, like uh, you know, God is saying that a woman who was married, she should after she gets divorced, she should wait for three periods, like three uh, menstrual cycles. And obviously, it's not just to see if she's pregnant or not, but those three menstrual, menstrual cycles is to clean her uterus so that she doesn't have sexual diseases. So if you want to have four men going into one lady, that's how sexual diseases happen. We are going to jump into the Q&A, but do want to say a couple of quick housekeeping type things. In particular, first... Very important, if you happen to be a Muslim, whether you be male or female, and you would like to debate, email us at moderndaydebate at gmail.com. I'll put that in the live chat. There's also a link in the description box. If you happen to be a Muslim and you'd like to debate on Modern Day Debate, we want to give everybody a fair shot. So I'm going to put my email, like I said, which is really easy to remember, Modern Day Debate no hyphens at gmail.com i'll pin that to the top of the chat and like i said in the description box there's a link with kind of the vetting process that we use for having on new guests also very very important second housekeeping thing is in the live chat i put a poll this is would you cat call mark if you saw him walking down the <laughs> sidewalk a Majority, or I should say plurality, 36% said no. Sorry, Mark. 33% did say yes, though. Uh, 24% said I'm a deluded soy boy. And 5% uh-huh. voted I'm unsure. So we also oh, okay. have to say we are in the works of setting up a debate with Stardust, YouTube's favorite daughter, my little sister, the queen of controversy, with Daniel Hakikachu on whether or not veiling is good for Muslim women. That's in the works. We're still pinning down the date, but do want to let you know, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss that one. And last but not least, we're going to jump into the Q&A, but then I do want to give tonight, we're going to give a special thank you to the mods. I'm going to name them in the post credit scene because we don't give them enough credit. So we do appreciate our chat mods for keeping things you could say controlled chaos in the live chat. But first, want to say last but not least before we go into the Q&A, our guests are linked in the description. Actually, as of right now, uh, guests don't have to have a link. Like, that's not a requirement. Some guests come on and they just love to debate. They don't have a YouTube channel at the moment. But those of our guests who do, namely Mark and Stardust, are linked in the description box. That includes at the podcast as we link our guests there as well. And thank you very much for your patience. We're going to jump into the Q&A. Thanks for your questions, folks. This one coming in from Bitter Truth says, Hussein <clears throat> Muhammad had slave girls, which is the worst law that has been abolished. But why was Muhammad never abolished? 
why did Muhammad never abolish the slavery law against humanity? Let me know a better truth if I understood that right. Um, so he's saying, why did Muhammad, it sounds like he's asking why Muhammad didn't just outlaw slavery. I think that's um, it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, so that's kind of like a debate. Like people argue that Islam was on the path or, you know, a progressive progressively going to be outlawing slavery because there's actually a bunch of, uh, things about how it's actually rewarding to free slaves and that people should free slaves. So, um, it was kind of just a process like at the time that, you know, we should do go our way. Um, also, by the way, there, I have a feeling this is probably someone who's Western. So they're thinking like chattel slavery. It's not the same thing. Like Islamic slavery, there was Islamic slaves like in high government positions. It's not the same as like chattel slavery where you're owned and working on a field in cotton. Like it's not American slavery at all. So it's good slavery. Yeah, it's just it. like for the time period, yes. Yes, same mentality. It's the same, yeah. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Coffee Mom, I think this is for you, Muhammad and Hussein. Said, would you be happy if you were a Muslim woman? Why or why would you not be happy? Or why or why not would you be happy? Do you want to go first, Muhammad, or me? Sure. Well, I thank God that he created me a man because that's a show me favor and blessing so that I maybe hopefully I have a better chance of making the world a better place. But uh, but as long as I'm a Muslim, I don't care if I was a dog, I'll be happy. So a dog, a woman, a man, a giraffe, a bug, a bee, as long as I'm in the grace of my God and, and his uh, and his and his bountiful, like his plentiful and his mercy and his uh, merciful givings, I'm happy. But it's way better to be a man, right? Uh, it's more favor of being a man. That's usually how it goes in this sure. world. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad we can agree that that uh, you know w- women are secondary to men. <laughs> no, it's not secondary. Yeah. I didn't say they're secondary. When you're saying you're devaluing, is you're taking the value of something and putting it lower. But if the woman's value is at a certain spot, it doesn't mean I devalued her. That's her spot and her position in society and in the family. And the head of the household is a man and the head of the household, I mean, the head of the community is a man and, that, and that's how mm-hmm. it goes. If there are women that cut the job and are doing a good job, then they have absolutely every right to do what they, they must so that the makes the, which makes the community a better place. I can give you Queen Sheba as an example, but you know, you could see that how many kings have passed in the stories of the Bible and in the Quran and how many queens have come. It's just a small portion. And those women had major favor from God. But it doesn't mean that we're devaluing women. We just know the value of women. Hussein so, a chance no, go to on. respond. I, I think Muhammad, Muhammad just, I think, should go on about how you know men are way better I do want to, I do want to, just because sorry. we have so many questions, we have to move quickly. It's like you guys are fighting against reality. It's just like on average that a man usually is in a higher position, unfortunately, right? No matter, regardless what you want to do, even Sweden, they talk about this. There's like women go to STEM less despite all the work they want to make women go into STEM. They just don't. So anyways, um, as a, if I was an Islamic woman, I think like the best thing, um, especially in the West, uh, would be the like lack of being sexualized. So um, being actually, the irony here is like actually being viewed as a human being, which is a uh, you know something. Unfortunately, uh, in the West, I feel like you're just viewed as a sex object. So I will say that regardless of what you wear, when men will men will sexualize you. <laughs> there's uh, there's yeah. something if it if it exists 
there is somebody who has made some perverted version of it on the internet. So oh, yeah. save yourself. Clear. Women will sexualize men as well. Just not the, we, yeah, Mark, stick that women don't do it. In, smoke at Stardust. They don't do it the same way that men do. Oh yeah, really? This yeah. one. This I, I think one. it's you not in touch with reality, mate. This one coming in from Thunderstorm says, I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough, and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft and smooth. Quoting Anakin Skywalker from yeah, sure, Attack Anakin. of the yeah, Clones. Right. That's very nice. Coffee Mom, thank you very much, says, Globally, women perform uh, greater than $10 trillion a year in unpaid labor. Any thoughts? Well, apparently that's equality to uh, to my uh, counterparts. Well, that right? unpaid labor is stay-at-home moms who are not getting a mm -hmm. compensated, and also stay-at-home moms. Um, just so you guys know, there are studies that show stay-at-home moms are more likely to be depressed, isolated, and economically vulnerable. But uh, um, so the studies that I showed studies. you that that mar the women that are in married in religious couples are more satisfied. That's that's that shows that they're more depressed, right? Well, I don't know about I don't know about religious couples, but stay-at-home moms are more likely to be depressed, isolated, and economically vulnerable. That is what it says. Yeah. I mean, because they're yeah. desiring this world. No, wait. Uh, even then, Mohammed, that's not true. There's tons of studies that show that women are happier at home, and you know, God bless them. You know, they're doing a great job. They're going to raise kids, and you know, their kids will turn out better statistically. Yeah, but the disparity of um, unpaid labor is more to do with our social. Um, sort of the social implementation of women to be stay-at-home mums and women to be obligated to do cleaning and things that a man can do as well. But it's Mark, just the woman socially has been had that obligation thrust upon them. Mark, it's not a um, social construct. The biology came first. There's literal data that shows cleaning. that men men prefer not being a homemaker. 86% of men is the study is like would prefer being not a homemaker. Well, more women, I think it was like 70 something considered uh, being a homemaker. So like they wanted okay, so to be a homemaker. Yeah, Biologically, you're, you're the drive a for a woman was to be a homemaker and men don't want to do that. Got so they chose to. Yes. Work. OK, but I got to respond to that because that in no way says that it's not a social construct. You've just basically said, hey, men don't want to be a homemaker more there's no nothing saying that's not a social construct of how we think about our society you've just basically said he said statistic. biology first he said biology. yeah i said biology. biology there's tons of data that show innately what again biology? this goes back to the I laid it out in my you opening. So many questions. We've got to move forward. Studies about that. This that women want motherhood. Absolutely. Women want motherhood, but stay at home. Women want motherhood, but stay at home motherhood. Enjoy doing this stardust. All right. I hadn't even muted you yet, but I appreciate you cooperating. Bitter Truth, thank you very much. Says, why Islam present women's women as weaker, don't have capability on decisions, but some place women, uh, but some places women are smarter. Muhammad, I think they're saying, why does Islam present women as weaker? And that they don't have the capability to make decisions, but some places women are smarter. I don't know if they mean some places like in some abilities, like their verbal abilities, or if they mean some places like geographical places, like it has to be the former. So I think they're saying in some things like women have a small, like there's a small difference where women are, they have average, higher than average scores than men and vice versa. Uh, is that what you guys think that means, that question? 
I'm just going to answer from what I understood. Um, so when he's saying weaker, I would like to understand more so what he means by weaker or they understand uh, they mean by weaker. Because if it comes to physical things, I'd rather have a bunch of men fight a war or fighting to defend a country than a bunch of women. Okay, I'm sorry, because it's like, you know, scientifically, men are more physically capable on the bell curve. I'm not saying that not, not all women are not uh, physically capable, but there are some women that are physically capable. And then there's some jobs that are more tailored towards uh, that a woman would do a better job than a man. At that point, yeah, I would like to have my, uh, like, the women in our community to take those jobs and to excel at them because it's needed for society and it's needed for communi community. So, of course, there's places where the woman shines and and devaluing a woman is taking her away from that position. Any responses? This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Mike MC says, Muhammad, where are any sources other than the Quran? Uh, I follow the Quran. That's the word of God. So why would I need any other sources other than the source of God telling me who created this world how I should live? Brian W. says, answer this question instead of sidestepping or dismissing. Is why My question is, why do you not assimilate into our, in all capitals, culture instead of hanging archaic belief systems that denigrate women. They're saying, why don't you assimilate to be a Western or at least non-Muslim rather than these belief systems that denigrate women? You're saying you want to go first or do you want me to answer that? Um, you can go first. Okay, so I can, from my own personal subjective experience, because that's a subjective question, I can see the degradation of the Western community or the Western society where the nucleus family is something of the past. Uh, people are caring about only themselves. And when the family breaks down, the community breaks down, the street breaks down, the state breaks down, and then eventually the whole country breaks down. So adhering to the things that I learned in my traditions and my, in my country is safeguarding me from whatever pain uh, America is about to endure because of their own actions and deciding to go against what God has said, which things that come with things that pertain like to homosexuality, empowering women and oppressing the world for material gains. So those are all things that are against things that we uh, subscribe to as Muslims. Um, okay. So as far as um, what he's trying to say, I don't think uh, Muslims actually are throwing away, um, you know, Western values in a way. I feel like they're actually living up to, uh, Western values like the West used to operate in this exact same way. So, you know, women were allowed to work like the people have this weird narrative that in the 50s, women were all like chained to their basement, like cooking and cleaning when in reality, 30% of women still worked. It's just the majority of them chose not to work because they didn't need to. And that's exactly how Islamic countries want to operate as well, because having a family is more important. Um, you have Western countries have declining birth rates while Islam is actually thriving. So I don't see how like the West throwing away their traditions, ironically, um, is good when Islam is actually living up to the same values they used to hold. I mean, the West just throws away their grandparents now in the in the is it a uh, homes? It's like an abomination. They don't even care for family. 
if I can, if I can, the reason why birth rates are declining, you will see this across the globe. As a country get, gets more economically prosperous, people have less children. Um, so, uh, so as industrialization happens, as um, people get more prosperous, you can look throughout history. People just have less children. This is something that's happening not just in the West; it's happening all over the globe as these countries get more prosperous. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, really short and pithy, Muhammad. No, 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 never mind. It is, this, it is a little in depth. So this one from Brian W says this losing their memory thing. I think he's talking about women uh, past menopause, as you discussed, Muhammad. Is they say it's absurd. Older women tend to be sharper than men. Actually, they say, don't you find this hyper masculine viewpoint from Islam out of step with society today? Please answer the question. Well, I don't like care what you think because the science is saying something else. So your feeling and your emotions and this whole gearing towards what you feel is irrelevant when it comes to reality. You got it. This one coming in from Drew. Appreciate it. Troll nerd says, quote, unquote, forgetfulness happens during the menopause transition. But data shows that this goes away after the transition concludes. Women have better memory overall. Actually, that's not what the report's saying. They're saying that, that menopause, after menopause, is when the memory starts. It's not during the time of menopause. It's after menopause. Right. There is a brief period postmenopausally where women suffer certain things they, um, on top of memory loss. There's also mood swings, you know, um, uh, how about you show me the like research? Hold on. Show I'll, I will tell you. I Let me just tell you. You don't want me to show you the what where I know this knowledge because it's embarrassing for you. Okay. So secondly... <laughs> Secondly, um, uh, yes, a lot of these um, things that happen um, to women when they're going through menopause and postmenopausal, they go away after a while. This one coming in from, do appreciate it. Bitter Truth says, why does God compare women with donkeys, Muhammad? Nowhere in the Quran does God ever compare women to donkeys. But this is the problem with Islamophobes. They just make up a lot of things. This one from Thunderstorm says, Chat and panel, what is the best brand of bacon? I would say Applegate. Do you even know? Do any of you guys know bacon brands? I don't know bacon brands. Um, I no. don't. I tried like vegan bacon one time and I didn't really like it. So I, mean, I don't know. Bacon smells bad to me. Yeah, it is really it's hangs in the air for so long. Bitter truth says scientifically no science in the Quran, but just discrimination of women's of women and incorrect science. We'll give you a chance to respond to that Muhammad and Hussein. There's plenty of sciences that support the Quran. The Quran is actually a forerunner in whatever sciences, discoveries you find, because a lot of them do do adhere to the Quran, which increases in the miracle. But the Quran isn't supposed to be a book of science in the first place. It's a way of thinking and a way of understanding the world. And it doesn't oppress women. It gives women the rights that they deserve that they did not have before the Quran. And whatever additions you're adding is not is going to destroy your society and not help it. It might look like it's helping it, but give it a long time. Like, you know, five, ten years, and then you can realize that your women are not having kids. This one coming in from Common Cure says, If God created all of nature, 
why would he make it so that women lose their memory faster? Wouldn't that just contribute to stifling the synergy of the family household? I have to answer that to as well. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, so God, God created the world in truth. So everything is touching and connecting in ways, and it's all proven by like repetitiveness and 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 by sciences and logic. So because of the way the program, the God programmed the world, the result is women at a certain age are going to suffer memory loss, and that's how it is. So that everything else is in adherence. It's not. It's it's something that God knows when He created the world and He told us about it, and He also gives. Uh, the women the benefit of the doubt because he knows that's happening so their judgment is a little easier than men because they have differences between men and male, uh, men and women this one coming in from samuel bass am i saying it right by the way samir i don't i googled the word just to be sure it's not a bad word i don't think i don't think this is a swear word they say question to the Sunnah followers am i saying that right Sunna. Sunna is right yeah, thank you says, would you wadri buhana, I think this means like take the right hand to your wife before divorcing her if you fear rebellion, according to Quran 4, verse 34. Okay, yeah, okay, so this topic is a little... It, there's a little bit more to it than you don't go right away and physically discipline a woman that's oppressive at that point but there is something that people like to skip over in that verse a lot is when you're uh when you don't go to her in bed so you're you kind of like the first thing that you're cutting well the first thing you do is warn her the second thing you do is you start to uh, desert her in bed and that speaks volumes on the differences between Islamic civilization and Islamic men and Western men, where the Western men are there. Um, now there's like the simp and incel theories where they're begging the women, like, I'll do anything you want for you just so, you know what, like I can have maybe a little taste. Maybe you can like tease me that I'm going to have sex. But at the end of the day, the woman is deciding like, you know what, I'm just going to be nice to you for a little bit. I'm going to get what I want. And then you get nothing from me. But in Islamic societies, the opposite is when the man is refusing sex, you could see the girl going into certain moods and environments. It's like, hey, no, I need this. I'm sorry, please help me. You see, so that's where masculinity is important and where masculinity and the way of life is supposed to be because that's how God created it. So when the woman is begging for the man, that's a good community. But when the man is chasing the women and he's begging the women for sexual attention, at that point, the woman does whatever she wants and things go haywire. So in yeah, personally, I wouldn't go right away and hit my women. Uh, sometimes you need to like hold her. You need to like, hold, but I've never touched a woman physically. If there are legal conditions that where it is permissible, it's not something that we do. And and I haven't heard of anyone in my direct family or around us actually physically abusing women. So and and uh, the prophet himself, like, little stick and nudge. That was the question. Would you eventually, if that was, you know... No, I would divorce her. I would divorce her. I would be very harsh with her. And I know a lot of people think that I'm angry in debates. You guys haven't seen Muhammad angry. <laughs> Juicy, okay, to say disturbing. the least. Yeah, I wouldn't hit her. I just divorce. I'm in the West, too, so... This one coming in from... Bitter Truth says, Is the Quran a book of God or a book of Muhammad? I think they mean, like, the Prophet Muhammad, not you, Muhammad. They say, Muhammad, are you willing to debate with me? I think they're saying whether it was written by a man named Muhammad who is not a prophet or Easy was done. truly inspired okay. by God. 
I don't know who the person is. Uh, he can try to get in touch with me for a debate. But let me answer this very quickly. So God even calls the Torah, which is the word of God, the book of Moses. Okay, so this is how Moses, what was revealed to Moses and how uh, God chose to, to guide the people during Moses' time and with Moses' book. But it's still the word of God and it's still the book of God. The Quran is the same thing. It's the testimony of what Prophet Muhammad, and that's why we, uh, God says, and that's why we brought the, down the book to you, O Muhammad, so you could judge between the people what God showed you. So yes, this is the testimony of Prophet Muhammad, but it's the direct word of God. Prophet Muhammad could not add or remove or change. Whatever was being revealed to him, he said it. But yeah, so it's it's definitely the word of God. And when you adhere to it, you have such a better and fulfilling life. So, This one coming in from Samuel Bass, or Bass. This is a question of followers of Rasul Ibn Sharmat. Isn't Taharish a form of commanding the right and forbid the wrong. Unveiling equals fitna on the streets. Can you, one of you guys translate that for me? I don't know what that means. Muhammad and Hussein, I'm guessing you guys might be familiar. I don't, I don't even... Unrest? Unrest? Oh. So he's saying... Veiling is promoting unrest? That's I'm, I'm not, I'm, I guess. Let me check on what fitna. I'll Google. No, fitna means Googled test, it, like a, like a religious me, yeah. test. Like confusion yeah, and test. Oh, okay. But I don't even know the guy he's talking about. Right. And and people don't consider that even before Prophet Muhammad, girls were putting headscarves in Arabia. Yeah. Daniel Hakimichu had a good debate on it, really. So. Yeah. He did a really good debate on it. <laughs> Juicy, to say the least. Also, want to give you a quick shout-out before we go to this next question. I'm pinning it at the top of the chat. If you have Discord, folks, we don't talk about it very much. I do want to give a direct plug for the Discord. It is linked at the top of the description box. We encourage you to check it out. Let me jump into this next question. This one is for you, Mark. Wow, Mark, you've been waiting this whole time. And I, I know. Thinking, is there going to be one for me? Well, this is going to be a joke question, isn't it? I'm afraid so. Bubblegum <laughs> Gun <laughs> says. Oh, bubbles. <laughs> says, Mark, where is my million yep. dollars that you owe me? Oh, so this this was funny. Um, he he bet a million dollars on the origin of dogs and says that I got it wrong, so I owe him a million. And then I bet him that um, dogs were domesticated from wolves, so he lost a million on that one. So as far as I'm concerned, we're square. Wow. Thanks, Bubbles. And... So Bubbles doesn't think that we domesticated wolves to make dogs. I don't know where he gets his information from, but it's one of those really wacky ideas. There's a long history of sort of wolf domestication through the human species, and we've got clear records of it. As well as they can breed. I mean, there's that as well. You know, you can breed a dog with a wolf. So I, I don't know where he gets his information from. But, yeah, hmm. you know. Juicy, to say the least. Folks, can you tell? Let me know in the chat. Can you tell I'm sick? But want to say, our guests are in the, they're linked in the description box. That's right. Muhammad and Hussein don't currently have a link. However... If they do happen to have a link in the future, I'll put it in there. And Mark and Stardust are currently linked in the description box. And that includes at the, at the podcast. want to say a huge thank you to all of our guests. It's been a true pleasure to have you. Muhammad, Hussein, Mark, and Stardust, thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you. For having Bye. us. Thank you.
Thank you, you guys. Juicy topic. I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. It was very fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. That was awesome. With that, I'm going to be back for a quick post credit scene, and then i got to get to sleep. So I want to say stick around. We're going to give a huge thank you to our moderators. We're going to let our guests go first, but want to say thanks so much for hanging with us, folks. I will be back in about 10 to 12 seconds. Thanks very much, and stick around. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.